why were you struggling in your health and fitness? Well, chances are, I mean, I normally get a story like I was super depressed. I became like an, I just started drinking myself to death. I gained like 25 pounds, couldn't stand who I looked at, like in the mirror, like share that. And the reason I say share that is this, is because if you're trying to attract new clients in your business, which is what one of the benefits of sharing your story, they don't care about the kale juice. They don't care about the fish oil. They don't care about the workout video. They care about, can you put yourself in a position where you feel, where they feel like you understand them? Not they understand you, that you understand them. Putting yourself in their shoes, like being, having empathetic, having empathy. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. What's up, babe? Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous podcast. I'm so grateful for you being here. And today is a super special day in the Boldly Courageous podcast world because today is the very first interview that I am doing with a male guest. I definitely want to bring more men onto the podcast to give you guys some different points of view and different perspectives. And I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation today with this man, my friend, Doug Bobst. I met Doug at a mastermind and what struck me the most about him was his genuine authenticity and how quickly he was able to cultivate deep connections through the pathway of vulnerability. He has an incredible story and literally is one of the most inspiring, dynamic, and just truthful human beings you will ever meet. And in this episode, we talk about so many different things, but the overarching theme of our conversation came back down to confidence, how to build confidence, how to basically tell your story in a confident way. And I know I have a lot of network marketers that are listening. Doug shares some really, really valuable insights on how to connect to your own authenticity and share your story in a way that makes you and your values and what you stand for so irresistible to the people that want to join your team. Doug also shares where he's leaning in right now to his next level of building confidence as he's navigating through a transition out of a relationship and really what that is bringing forward for him as he looks at his own wounding and his evolution and being the best version of himself. Lastly, Doug talks about why he is so passionate about sharing his story of recovery and rehabilitation after being in prison. And he's been telling the story for over seven years. So he shares a little bit about why it's so important for him. And he's so passionate about his mission to help other people on the road to recovery. Doug Bopes is an award-winning personal trainer, author, speaker, and business owner. And those credentials and accolades are a result of his own transformation. He's a former felon and drug addict sentenced to months in jail due to being found guilty of possession with intent to sell. 
He chose to use his time locked in that small cell to beat his demons and reinvent himself thanks to a combination of faith, family, and fitness. Doug has helped hundreds of people improve their health and wellness, and he is the author of three books, From Felony to Fitness to Free, which is about how people can turn a negative into a positive and make the most of their second chance. His second book called Faith, Family, and Fitness encourages readers to cultivate their spirituality, believe in themselves, and stay mentally, physically, and spiritually fit. And in his third and most recent book, The Heart of Recovery, he interviews many of the most inspiring individuals in recovery from all walks of life to learn what they are doing to thrive in recovery from addiction. Doug has been featured on so many national media outlets, such as the Today Show, Men's Health, Goalcast, Cheddar Greatest, Thrive Global, and others. And he's been featured on several podcasts, including Impact Theory, Rise Together Podcast, Rich and Roll Podcast, This Life with Dr. Drew, and 137. He's been featured on local media outlets in his hometown and in the Baltimore Sun as one of Baltimore's 12 fitness heroes in 2015. From Felony to Fitness to Free, a short documentary about his story premiered at the Real Recovery Film Festival in Los Angeles and New York City in 2018, and he has spoken to and worked with many companies, organizations, and schools, including McCormick and the Clemson football team. This is an incredible episode, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Let's dive in. Welcome back. I'm so pumped for this conversation with you, Doug. Um, we were just chatting before we pressed record, and I feel like we could have we could have recorded multiple podcast episodes just just in our conversation. So, Doug, what I love so much about you is your 100% authenticity. Like you are a guy that literally hides nothing. You own your truth so boldly, and that actually creates some mega polarity, which I think is needed in the world. Like it makes me feel safe in your energy because I know exactly where you stand. So I know this conversation is going to be fucking incredible. And I'm so grateful for you being here. Yeah, Melissa, it's funny. I think every time we connect, I feel like we have this unique connect, you know, unique like chemistry in our conversations that we, I feel like we could almost talk for hours sometimes. And it, you know, I think being authentic, right, and being boldly courageous, as you might say, is it's tough in today's society, especially when we live in a world that's so driven by superficial behavior on social media, where everyone's like posting their highlight reel and everyone's posting like the good thing, the good, their best life, right? And for me, just part of my journey has been the more authentic I could be in sharing not only the good stuff, but the stuff I'm struggling with it's healing for me to know that the comparison game like falls away because now I'm like, well, what am I, who am I comparing myself to? I'm putting my true self out there and I have the unapologetic confidence and knowing that like, this is who I am. I got nothing to hide. Like I own every part of my story. I made a ton of mistakes. I've done a lot of goofy things, but I've learned along the way. And I think that's my biggest, you know, key to success is every single setback I've had has catapulted me into a bigger comeback. I love that. So thank you for teeing this up so perfectly. And I ask everyone the same question when they hop on my podcast is what is one boldly courageous thing you've done recently? Um, let's see. I mean, I would say the probably the most boldly courageous thing that I have done 
is I ran 2,000 steps in 98 degree heat uh, last week. My friend and I, uh, she like really likes to put, she's like, she's a trainer too. I'm a trainer and I've been a trainer for almost a decade. And she, we, there's this, there's this dam up by where I live. And um, we used to, I used to do these stairs back in the day with like, with like my friends to get in shape for like running like mar- uh, our uh, marathon relay and stuff. And um, she was like, oh, let's do 10 sets of these stairs. And it was 200 stairs. And I'm like, by like set five. And it was her and her husband and me. I'm like dead. Cause I'm like smoked, right? I'm like depleted. You know, I probably didn't drink enough water and like them push. I think them pushing me, it just reminded me of like what it feels like to be pushed during a workout, which as a trainer, it's like, you know, you're always giving so much of your energy, to your clients. And like, I, I forgot how good it feels to be pushed by somebody. And I like, I was dizzy. I was out of breath. I sat down and was like ready to like, you know, vomit. But like what happened was it was just like the whole mind. It was just my mind. I wouldn't let my mind take over. I just kept going. I kept going. I was like, if I freaking fall, I got to fall. And at least I, I fall, I, I gave it all I had. And that was something that was really, it was, it was challenging for me because I mean, having your heart rate at like 298 degree heat dehydrated, you know, with two people that are your friends, like it's a little, I felt a little insecure, but you know, I made it. <laughs> Some people would call that boldly courageous. Some people would maybe call that something else. But I think there's a metaphor in that, right? It's like, that's a metaphor for life, right? Is that one, you don't know what you're capable of until you really push yourself and do some crazy shit. And number two, you probably would have quit if your friends weren't there, right? So you had some accountability, you had some support. And, um, you know, obviously that's probably been a big part of your success too, is surrounding yourself with people that can motivate you and pushing yourself, um, you know, to the edge. So you talked a little bit about confidence in the very beginning and polarity and owning your story and really like, I know your story. And for those of you that don't, you can go Google Doug. I mean, his story is everywhere. He's been on so many podcasts, as you heard in the intro. Um, So we don't have to get super deep into that, but let's talk about confidence for a second. So when it comes to like owning your story and your message, when you feel like the comparison game where everybody else is doing what you're doing, how do you get out of that? Like, how do you get out of your own head and really step into owning your truth? Well, I think number one is accepting that it's okay, that it's human nature, that you are going to compare yourself to other people because it's just, I don't know, we're just wired that way. We were wired that if we get on our phones or we go to a business retreat, um, that we're ultimately when we see other people and what they're doing, we're going to, we're going to compare ourselves. The problem I think is people don't let it stop there. They they go into self-sabotage mode and they start like just going down this rabbit hole of what I don't have which puts you in a lack mindset, right? Instead of what you do have, which will put you in an abundant mindset. Like what can you gain? What, how can you grow? And I think that we have to accept the fact that we are limitless people that as our own um, beings, when we are focused on ourselves, we have the ability to continue to grow and evolve and that we shouldn't be comparing our chapter one or chapter two to somebody else's chapter 21 and I don't say that just because it's a cliche quote we see on social media. Now I say it because like I've been there and I, I was there when I 
got out of jail when I was 21. And I was like comparing my life to all of my friends' lives. I mean, I was watching a couple of my friends get married. I was watching people get like their dream jobs. And here I am like having to check a box, whether I'm a, um, if I'm a convicted felon or not, I'm like, you know, still trying to like figure out like if I'm going to, you know, how much longer I'm going to live because at the time I just had no confidence in my ability to even like, you know, live day-to-day life. And what I learned through that was the more you focus on trying to run someone else's race, the more you get lost in your own. And you really have to get so crystal clear on your intentions as a person and your journey and accepting that, you know, just because you're not where you want to be doesn't mean that you can't get there. And kind of like putting in like a, a blueprint for your own self on how you're going to get to where you want to go. And I think it, it kind of comes back to intentionality and, and like really like focusing on what you want. And that's for me, something that was very powerful was when I got out of jail, I sucked it up ditched my friends that were partying all the time that I knew I wasn't going to like be, you know, hanging out with them anymore. And I was living with my grandparents and I was watching, I would sit home and like watch the food network with them. Right. So I like, I, I honestly, like we would watch like, you know, Giada and Bobby Flay. And I mean, and the reason I share this because now I love to cook. Like I consider myself a really good cook. And, but when I was like 16, 17 years old, I, the only thing I knew how to make was like hot pockets. So the reason I share that is because like I evolved and I chose to, you know, use that time wisely to work on myself and learn how to cook. Right. And then like, I would read up on like muscle and fitness magazines and men's health and even reading like women's health when I wanted to be a trainer and like how like, you know, women work out and that sort of thing to learn about fitness and learn about nutrition. And, and during that time, I got really content with who I was as a person. I think the reason that we compare ourselves, Melissa, isn't because we want that other person's life. It's because we're not content with who we are as a person. And I, I, I sat in a lot of silence when I was in my early 20s. I sat asking myself a lot of questions. And because of that, I became so confident in myself. And it wasn't like there wasn't, it's not to say there wasn't roadblocks and you're not going to have roadblocks when you stop comparing yourself. But the more you do it, the more confident you'll be in getting there. And one of the biggest lessons I ever learned was, and I'll, I'll kind of um, let you segue it in however you want, was I remember I was training one of my first clients. She was a she was a female. She was like in her, I think she was in her late 40s at the time. And she almost became like a mother, like a second mom to me. And we, were, we got, became very close. I trained her daughters and I got invited over to her house during the holidays, which for those of you listening who are trainers, you know how that goes. Like, I get, I mean, trainers get, it seems to get invited like everywhere during the holidays for their clients, but I, I still hadn't admitted that I was a convicted felon at the time. And I was so, I was still kind of ashamed of that part of my story because I was like, all right, these are some people that are pretty well to do. They're attractive. Because back then I'm like, if you're, that stigma was, if you're a felon, like you're not attractive, you're the guy who's in jail, like all that stuff. And I'm like, what, what are they going to think of me if I tell them that I'm a felon? And I remember to this day, her name is Maria. And I was just like, you know, I remember being like, Maria, I got to tell, tell you something. And it was like, it was literally like the first time you asked a girl out. It was like, that's how like much I was kind of like shaking. Right. I was like, I got to, I got to, I got to tell you something. She's like, what? And I'm like, I didn't get into fitness through like sports or something. And I forget, I forget what I originally even said, but she's like, you didn't. I'm like, no, I was in jail 
and fitness saved my life when I was incarcerated. And I felt like it was like my life's mission to help other people. I remember her looking at me and being like, I love you, but now I love you like a hundred times more because what you've had to overcome to get to this point and for you to have the courage to share that means a lot. And I'm so grateful to have you like as part of my family. And I, and I really like started to, um, gain that confidence in that part of my story and being like the people who are meant to be in my life when I share so authentically will stay there. And the people that aren't will leave makes things easier for me, right? Like not everyone's going to like you. And the minute you acknowledge that, and the minute you acknowledge that the more success and the more you grow, you have less friends. Like, and if you accept that, like game over. I mean, and that's just kind of where I really started to develop self-confidence was when I was so content with not pleasing everybody in my life. Yeah, I love this so much. And I'm, I'm a big believer that um, you have to take messy action you know, in order to build confidence. So I, I believe that there's like this, this roadmap that we kind of follow and you, you pretty much laid it out, right? You, you take this messy, like scary palm sweating, like dry mouth, like action, right? You told this woman that you were a convicted felon and your heart was probably racing. So you take this messy action and then you get feedback. Okay. I didn't die. She didn't reject me actually, you probably got feedback that you didn't even expect you were going to get and actually worked in the complete opposite way. You were like, wow, this actually feels really good. And then the next time you went to tell somebody, I'm sure it felt a little bit different, right? So you, you take this messy action, you gather feedback, and then you go and refine your process and you repeat, you do it again and you do it again. And then you get to this point where it's mastery, right? Like now you're confident in sharing your story. It's actually your service. It's the platform that you've built your entire life around. You've inspired people. You've written multiple books all on this one piece of your story, right? That's like, you've completely alchemized your entire life from this, this one thing. But what I also know about this process of confidence is that you reach a plateau and then you up level, right? And you do messy action again. So I'd love to know what is the edge that you're leaning into right now? Like, where is the area that scares the shit out of you that you're like, I got to take some messy action and I got to build some confidence because I know there's something, right? You're not confident in everything. So what is the new edge for you right now? Well, I will say before, I'll preface this by the power of masterminds. And um, the reason I share this is as I look back, even after that one moment, I joined my first mastermind when I was like 22. This guy, Todd Durkin, I don't know if anybody um, who's listening would know who he is, but he, um, he trained, um, for those listening who were in the AvoCare business, he trained Drew Brees for like forever. He's trained Brees for probably 15 years and other NFL athletes. And I, I got a hold of him. Somehow I found him on a, a website and make a long story short. I thought I was gonna learn how to do different lunges and squats. And what I learned was personal development, how to set like big, hairy goals, like how to write like a decree for what you want in life, how to like set five to 10 year goals and all those things. And then those people there pushed me to write my first book because I didn't think I had it in me. So I just want to preface that whenever you're going through something to get through whatever it is and to gain confidence, inner circle is so important and who you surround yourself with. Because if you're going through a hard time and you need to gain confidence in that and you're surrounding yourself with people that are enabling you and like being pessimistic or complaining and bringing you down, it's not going to serve you to continue to grow. And the one thing I think of now that, I mean, it's like, 
it's very new to, it's very not, I don't say new to me, but like new, like in this moment that I'm going through is I ended a relationship a few weeks ago and it's taken me some time to really finally come to terms that, you know, a few weeks ago that like, this isn't, this isn't going to work. And it's something that was really hard for me as somebody who is on social media, who is on, um, in the public eye, if you will, a little bit talking about surrounding yourself with people that bring the best out in you. And my relationship was not bringing the best out in me at all. As a matter of fact, it was bringing me down quite a bit. And I did a very good job at hiding it, you know, just because I believe that like, as, as much as I knew in my inner circle knew how it was impacting me, I still wanted to continue to be a beacon of light for others. And, and so now ending the relationship, um, it's, there's a lot of mixed emotions, right? Like I don't, there's obviously the emotions are I'm happy and I'm relieved that now I can go find somebody I'm more aligned with for the long term. There's that positive. The negative is, I mean, you, you have a loss, like you have somebody you care about and you're like kind of wondering like, you know, how you could have, how I could have done better or anything like that. Because, you know, in the personal development world, there's pluses and minuses, right? The pluses, the pluses are obviously you continue to grow and you adapt to growth mindset and you surround yourself with great people, all the stuff we know. And there can be a negative that you're like hard on yourself too. Right. And I'm like, well, what could I have done better? You know? And I look at like how I would have handled this. I remember my, um, you know, I'm in, you know, I've, I've been in therapy, you know, just talking and making sure like, you know, that and I'm open about it because I, I don't I believe in like I believe in going to therapy if you need to talk to somebody like, and, and like helping somebody like manage you through your problems so that like there's accountability in that and I remember like my therapist looking at me and being like I want you to be able to respond to this in a way that your 32 year old self would respond to 32 and not your 15 year old self meaning like how would your 32 year old self respond and move forward in this way I was like, you're right. She's like, so many people, most people would respond as their 15 year old self. They throw a pity party. They blame the other person. They say, what was me? Like they go out and they jump into like, you know, dating website right away just to like not do the work. I took the other approach. I immediately like knew that I wanted to work on myself and invest this extra energy. Not that I'm broken, not that I'm a failure, not that there's anything wrong with me. I'm like, well, how can I get better? How can I grow? What can I learn from this? I can be a better man so that when I do find the person who's more aligned with me, that I can be a, a, a partner that's for them. And I don't let this quote unquote wound that happens when you go through a breakup, like turn into like an amputation, right? Like turn into like something like massive. So I, I like dropped my ego. I like, you know, I, I ended up high, like talking to somebody that like I knew was very skilled. Him and his wife are very skilled in um, inner child work. And I ended up doing like an inner child workshop with, with them. And, you know, him and I are, we become friends and I'm helping him out with some stuff. He's helped me out with some stuff. And like, but it's doing things like that, that I think is my, has been my strongest suit was being able to like snap my fingers and be like, okay, like that happened. How can I like respond to this like an athlete would? Not like somebody who's like hung over, but somebody who's like an athlete. How can I recover? And it's like, I think that's just like anything in life. I mean, I'm right here, I'm here as a male, which I, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard for me to even share this that like, it's hard 
because you look at yourself in the mirror and as an as an as somebody who has all the confidence in the world, every and most everything. I mean, I can go and I am not prepared for a presentation, speak in front of like two thousand people, which I've done, and, and like I can go do X, Y, and Z things. But when it comes to, I guess, expressing my emotions and like being vulnerable, and I'm in here on a podcast, which is mainly women going to listen to, right? Like that, like I'm like, all right, well, I got work to do. And it doesn't mean like when I say that it doesn't mean that like if, if Mrs. Wright walked into my life like in a month from now that I would just be like, no, I got work to do. Like, it just means that like I acknowledge that like the work never stops, never. And I think so many times in the personal development community, we, we look for like an end game. We look for like, oh, if I just get this, I'll be happy. If I just get this many followers or if I just launch this podcast, like stake in the ground, it's done. And no, it's bullshit. Like there's always work that's why they say it's the journey right and i think you're gonna have setbacks i I mean i always said to myself and i probably manifested this somehow because you know between covid and this i was like i was like i remember gary v was he says a quote like he's like i want my name i want to fail like i want my business to go out of business and go down to zero so i can be like you know ostracized on social media and i was like i remember i was even telling my ex-girlfriend this i was like I feel like there needs to be like a correction in Doug Bope's life. Like there needs to be a, a pullback. I was like, I've had so much success in the last like 12 years. Like I'm waiting for like a correction. Like I'm waiting for something to have. I mean, I feel like I've had a horseshoe up my ass. I mean, in a way, like, I mean, I know I've obviously done a lot of work and I've earned a lot of what I've got and God's been good, all that stuff. But I'm literally like 32 years old. I've written three books. I've got a podcast. I've been on like, you know, some of the most highly acclaimed media outlets to share my story. I've got a great group of friends, got my own place, got an amazing dog, all these things that like, I look back when I was in that jail cell, when I was 21, I could have never imagined. And I'm like, when's the next, when's the next thing coming? And I'm looking at this now as a lot of, a lot of learning lessons for, for, for Doug, right? Because you know, I, 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 there's certain questions I ask, you know, why did I stay in a relationship that wasn't serving me for so long? And why, like, what was it about me that kept me in that? Like, not like what, what was wrong? What was not wrong with me? What was my role? So, and it's definitely tested my confidence in myself because of course, like, you're like, all right, like what, like, if you think that this, if you think you're aligned with somebody and you find out you're not like, is this going to happen again? Like, you know, and you just self-sabotage. And I don't, I, I fortunately have built enough confidence in myself through the years to not let myself sabotage become more than like a few hours. You know what I mean? But I think the biggest lesson that I've learned, and I'll, I'll leave it at this, then you can kind of interject is that, you know, no matter what kind of success you have in life, no matter if you're financially successful, superficially successful on social media or, you know, relationship, like, life's going to still freaking happen. You're going to get slapped in the face. And it's a matter of how you handle it that counts. I mean, I remember I was sitting on impact theory with Tom Billu, And one thing I said to him was, I said, imagine if we were in a fight and you were just like sucker punch me in the face. Like, would I just stand there and just let you keep hitting me? And I would be like, I hope not. I would at least try and defend myself and like be like, how can I get out of this situation? But in life, Melissa, well, so like we, we let life sucker punch us sometimes and we just by our own actions and responses, the punches just keep coming. And so I always try to tell people, don't let this 
golf ball size of a problem become a bowling ball. So, I mean, that's what I'm, that's, that's what I'm really like working through right now, like is just trying to stay the course and healing and surrounding myself with good people and just doing the work. I just want to acknowledge you, Doug, because you have such a high level of self-awareness. And I think that's so important, you know, as, as we evolve in life to have that awareness and that's the key to everything, right. Is, is one acknowledging that something in life is not working. And if we don't acknowledge it, it will show up big time, right. Whenever something is not in alignment, it's like, it's like a slow whisper and then a little tap and then it's screaming and blaringly obvious. And again, if we don't make the decision to remove it, it will be removed and it will be even more painful. So the acknowledgement and the self-awareness will save you so much more pain in the long run if you have it, right? So I just want to acknowledge you for that. And, um, you know, Christine Hassler, someone that we're both very familiar with, she has uh, this philosophy in a book called Expectation Hangover, which has been hugely instrumental in my life and so many others. And she talks about um, this attachment and this expectation that we have to things going a certain way in our life, whether it's a relationship or a business or a job. And when we're so focused on that expectation and we're so attached to it, and it doesn't actually work out the way we want, there's this like hangover effect and it can be grief. It can be anger. It can be frustration. You can feel lost. And this is the risk with being so attached to outcomes and being so attached to expectations is that we actually miss what's right in front of us. And I've experienced this in life, like in my relationships as well. And in business that how it shows up for me is the difference between potential and reality, right? So you can be in a relationship with someone or, you know, be coaching someone in your business and you can see the potential in them. You're like, you have so much potential. This could be so great. And we, and we stay in relationships or we stay in this job or this situation that doesn't serve us. And it's out of alignment because we're so focused on the potential, and this expectation of what it's supposed to look like, that we're not actually rooted in the reality of what's really happening. And that's a dangerous place to be and you suffer, right? So this expectation hangover, if you can start to like really shift your perspective and focus on the process and what you're learning and not like the destination, right? Like when I launch this podcast, I'll be happier. When I make a million dollars, I'll be happy. Like if, if, you, if you wanted, like if your dream woman walked into your life right now, would you be the man you need to be in order to maintain that relationship, right? Or are there some things that you can work through? Like, is there a foundation you need to lay? Like, I think of this in my own business, like, I want to make $300,000 in a month. If I earned all that right now, I don't know that I would have the mindset, the systems, the strategies in place to actually keep it, right? So it's like, when you start to think about the 32 year old version of Doug and all the things that he wants in his life. Like, are you where you need to be in order to receive it? And it sounds to me like, you know, you have that awareness. And I think that's so hugely important, um, you know, to just, to just recognize that. And, and, and also I think that uh, everything in life is cyclical, right? Like you were saying, the punches keep coming, but like patterns will keep repeating themselves so that you can learn the lesson, right? It's why women date the same guy all the time because they, they're not learning the lesson. It's like, and you just keep getting, you know, like the sucker punch, the sucker punch. It's like, well, maybe you should step to the left <laughs> and not get punched in the face, right? So. Yeah. And I think like the thing too is, <clears throat> you know, self-awareness is really good. And for me, 
like I knew I, I wasn't in the right relationship for a long time. And I remember just people being like, you're the most self-aware, like self, like, vul- like vulnerable person I know. Like, how are you not seeing this? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I just like to, I'm, I'm a, but I also believe in like fighting till the end, you know, in a way and like being like, I can know I did whatever it took. And I can just kind of just be like, go to put my head to bed at night. And I don't know if this is like an ego thing that I need to work on, but at least knowing that I gave it all that I had. And even though I look now, if like the right woman were to walk into my life, I'm not like, I'm not broken, right? I don't think it that at all. I have a good solid foundation as far as how I feel about myself as a person. I'm super secure with who I am. I have my shit together, right? It's just though, it's also about being hyper honest. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna, if I, if I had a girl that like walked into my life, I'm not gonna be like, yeah, like I haven't been in a relationship in three years. I'm gonna be like, dude, like full transparency. I was in a, I broke up with my girlfriend like a month ago. Like that's like, and I don't know, like I'm sure obviously there'd be, hopefully there'd be people that would appreciate the honesty and also acknowledge that like, I'm not re- I don't want to, I'm not ready to really, or want to really be dating anybody because like using somebody else doesn't make people feel better. Right. And I don't, I never want to be that person. So, and I think we all have to have, some sort of the more self-awareness we have within ourselves more confidence we'll get because we'll know who we are i think lack of confidence comes from lack of knowing who we really are and the way you really get to know who you really are is to go through some tough shit is to overcome adversity and get back up and and just know that like life's not going to be perfect right we have these expectations like you said that we create and what happens when we create an expectation is it's setting us, ourselves up for a resentment because then we're becoming codependent. We're losing part of ourselves because we're either wasting our own time. We're trying to fix somebody. And like, you're right. Like that was like one of the things, like I, one of the biggest lessons and things was like, don't date potential date, like reality, because it's one thing to like, I think to be in a relationship or be in a marriage or miss my opinion with somebody and you guys were like equally yoked and something happens where the other person just, kind of is going through some tough times to be there for them. But it's another thing where you're like meeting at that point and you're then like trying to, to fix them or be like, Oh, well they can get better. They can get better because I mean, are you willing to wait five years? Are you willing to wait 10 years with maybe might not, things might not change. So that's like in the biggest piece of advice I'll say for this, and this is like for relationships, this goes for like inner circle. And I'll say this, I'll say this to the day that if you're looking to meet more like-minded people, whether that's a romantic partner or somebody in your corner, like think about where they're going to hang out. Like, are they going to be at health and fitness seminars? Are they going to be at mastermind retreats? Are they going to be at church? Are they going to be at Lululemon? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm just throwing crap out there. Like, like where are they going to be? Because that was like the, one of the biggest things I had to learn when I was changing my, even my friends was like, if I'm going to build a stronger support network of people who had like the common futures with me, like, where am I going to find these people? I'm not going to find them at the bar. I'm not going to find them at, you know, the library. I mean, I don't know, maybe I, I don't know, but <laughs> not my library at least maybe, <laughs> but, um, and so I, I just think Melissa, it's people get caught up in that rut so many times. Like, where am I going to find, where am I going to find different people? Where am I going to find a different community of people? And just go and just keep mm. moving. People will show up. 
Yeah. That's why I started listening to podcasts because I felt so isolated. I lived in a town of 7,000 people and I knew that I wanted more for my life, but I just didn't have access. And podcasting to me was like being able to be a fly on a wall with really amazing conversations with people that were just like thinking differently. And I love that you, that you shared that example of like, the type of activities that somebody is doing and like, where are the like-minded people? It's the same, same process that you would apply. Like if you want to meet a new friend or you want to attract a client into your business or even a romantic partner is like, really like I do, I I teach my clients to do like niche exercises, like how to do your niche, but on like your ideal partner, it's the same thing, right? Whether you want to call somebody into your business or you want to call in a best friend or you want to call in a partner, like you got to know, who is this person? Like energetically, what are their values? What are their strong points? What are their areas of opportunity for growth? What is their, you know, like what are their hobbies? So it's not like just about the checklist of like, he's, you know, six foot one and he makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. And he's this like, no, it's so much deeper than that. Right. So I love, I love that you shared that. And I want to transition because I know something that you are like your superpower, your gifts, like you're an expert at storytelling and you really thrive and love teaching other people like how to share their story and get their story out in the world. And a lot of the people that listen to my podcast, to this podcast are network marketers. And Mm -hmm. we know that the beautiful thing about network marketing is that it teaches duplication in a business model. The sucky thing about it is duplication often leads to imitation and people that have like uniqueness about them, it gets watered down because of lack of confidence or because they don't know who they are. So how do you, like, if you were going to tell someone the first couple of steps they need to go through in order to really tell their story in a powerful way, like, what would you say? Well, number one, some of my coaching clients have been network marketers. So I would say the first step is I tell them to step outside of a network marketing company um, because I can tell I can tell, I mean, a network marketer from a mile away, if you're just posting like what they're telling you to post, right? Step outside of that and look within yourself. What are some, I always have people be like, okay, like what inspired you to get into network marketing? What inspired you to get here? Normally it's some transformational story. They were struggling financially or they were, you know, struggling with their health if they got into a you know community like isogenics or beach body or something like that and they did one of their programs and then that changed their life right then take that back a step further why were you struggling in your health and fitness well chances are i mean i normally get a story like i was super depressed i became like an i just started drinking myself to death i gained like 25 pounds couldn't stand who i looked like in the mirror like share that and the reason i say share that is this it's because if you're trying to attract new clients in your business, which is what one of the benefits of sharing your story, they don't care about the kale juice. They don't care about the fish oil. They don't care about the workout video. They care about, can you put yourself in a position where you feel, where they feel like you understand them? Not they understand you, that you understand them. Putting yourself in their shoes, like being having empathetic, having empathy. And because I see so many people make the, make that mistake of, well, I'm just going to share me drinking a smoothie. That don't attract people. No, like the most the most engaged posts I see from my clients who are sharing their story, the ones where they're like super real and raw, like super real and raw. Like, hey, like I left my marriage because it was hardcore toxic, and because I left my marriage, 
it inspired me to start my own business and blah, 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 blah. Like that's powerful, right? Versus the end, the end game. They don't, people don't relate to the top of the mountain. They relate to the climb, right? Like they don't relate. They, they compare and judge based on the top of the mountain. So if you really want to get somebody like hooked, post the climb. And so that would be like step number one is like, you know, if you're in network marketing, step outside of like the, the network marketing brain. And if you're going to call yourself an entrepreneur, then act like one and, po and act and post your own stuff. Um, and I say that because I think so many like, people will call themselves an entrepreneur, but yet they'll still follow like whatever network marketing marketing program. And then they, they, they really, if they're following that, they still work for that company because they're using their stuff. So and then think about some, some, some lessons you learned along the way of why you got into the business you're in and how. And then one simple way that is easy is like, it's literally like, I teach you this in like therapy. It might sound corny. It's like the feel, felt, found method. Like, you know, I, I could just say, you know, if, if you've ever struggled with depression, I understand how you feel. I felt that way before, back when I was incarcerated, I was crazy depressed. I was having suicidal thoughts. And what I found was when I really got my shit together, looked myself in the mirror and stopped, stopped playing the victim card and started working out, changing my surroundings and setting goals that I started having success in my life. And if this is, and that, and that just becomes like, like, wow, that guy gets me. Like he's been there. And so, and then like the, the next step after unveiling that is just to, to really be consistent and just sharing from the heart and not worrying about how your photos look and not worrying about like how it comes out. It's like messy action like we talked about because people will relate to your, hum your humanness, not to like perfection because nobody can relate to perfection because no one, everyone knows that it's like, impossible, right? And then like, once you start to get crystal clear and confident who you are and in your mess to be your message, then you can start getting on podcasts. Because there's a lot of people that want to get on podcasts that have no business being on podcasts. And I say that in the, in the nicest way possible. And I say this because I, I've been there where, and even in my first couple of interviews where I was like, man, I suck. I remember like, um, I don't know if anyone listening knows who um, Danny J and Jill Coleman are, like the best life. Pro, pro, pro. I was on their show, like they, they just ran it like a couple months ago, but I was on their show, like it was, I think it was years ago. And they finally ran my episode, like they're, they were like awesome, you know. Joseph been on my show and was like, and they were like, we finally got a chance to run it, whatever. But it was before all my other interviews, and I listened to it. I was like, God, I was terrible. And the reason I share that is this: is because so many people, when they want to get on a podcast and share their story, they want to get on like, you know, Lori Harder's show. They want to get on, you know, Impact Theory or something like that. But if you're not good at telling your story, a you run the risk of pretty much squandering a chance because you're not confident in who you are that a people might not relate to you and B they might not run the interview. So that's an always, it's an important lesson for people to learn is like before trying to get on podcasts, get your story down, get confident in the mess because most podcasts, like while the success is cool, they want to know how you got there. And if you're not confident how you got there and if you're not admit, afraid to admit mistakes, I mean, you don't have to be as vulnerable as me. I'm like vulnerable to a, or honest to a fault, right? Like I like whatever, but start somewhere, just little pieces, like one day at a time. You're like, all right, like once a week, I'm going to commit to I don't know, making a post or going live on Facebook or Instagram about like a point in my life that was a turning point that allowed me to overcome something 
that now I'm able to help other somebody else overcome. So I don't know if that helps. I mean, I, I kind of shared a lot there, but that was kind of, it's kind of like where I would, it's a good start right there. I think it's a great start and it's very relatable. And what I'm gathering from this is that vulnerability is the key to connection and authenticity is the key to connection, right? So when you can be vulnerable and authentic, people trust you, they feel connected. And everything that you shared about getting on podcasts and sharing your story, it's that's just it, it's messy action. Like if you don't suck in the beginning, you've waited way too long, right? I was watching um, Angie Lee's stories on Instagram yesterday and she shared a oh, video yeah. of like her first like Facebook Live or something and it was so bad, like it was so bad. But it's supposed to be bad. Like if you don't cringe, I did this too. I went on a rabbit hole on uh, Lori's, Lori Harder stuff. And man, some of her early stuff is bad. And I've shared it with her. We've laughed about it. But it's just like, I think sometimes to your earlier point, how we started off this conversation is like, you compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 12. And especially in network marketing, like people have so much fear around being authentic and sharing their story because they're seeing someone who's been in the industry for seven years and they make it look so easy, but you don't remember what it was like on day one. So I just, I think that you added a ton of value and I think that's so helpful. And I would love to know. So if people want to kind of get into your community, get into your energy, they want to learn more about your life and how to share their story and get on more podcasts, what's the best way for them to connect with you? So my cell phone number, and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and he's single, text him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, no, but really, um, I think like the, the best way to get in touch with me, honestly, I'm pretty active on Instagram. So like yeah. at Doug Bobes, and I'm also like the host of the Adversity Advantage podcast, which you and Sandy have been on. Yeah. And then just DougBobes.com. Um, there's, I think there's a freebie on there too, where you can, my top tips on how to like live your best life and wake up happier. There's all my media stuff. And the one thing I'll share is like, too, is like, to your point is, you know, I get asked a lot how I've gotten on some of these big shows and while it looks like today I'm on, like, I've been sharing my story for like six, seven years, like publicly, like on local media, on different blogs, different show, radio shows. So like, it's been a, it's been a journey. It's not like I just woke up one day and was like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to get on the today show or I'm going to be in that. It doesn't work like that. I mean, it'd be nice, right. If you could wake up, like clap your hands three times and you know, your life's perfect. Just start somewhere. Mm. Like, you know, but I want to know why. So this is, this is what's coming through for me is like, you've been sharing this story for six or seven years on all these different platforms you've been getting on podcasts. Like what is the driving force? Like, why is it so important to you for you to get this message out there? Like what's the driver behind it? Um, well, I mean, for those of you who don't know, maybe, I mean, if you do more research in my story, I mean, the judge gave me a really unique gift that if I completed, you know, he sentenced me to five years, everything suspended, but 90 days, five years probation, 200 hours community service. And he, but he said to me, I was 20 when I went to court and 21, a few weeks later, I went to jail, when I went to jail, he's like, if you complete everything without messing up, I'll take the felony conviction off your record. And I completed everything without messing up. And he took the felony conviction off my record. And I remember when I went to court for my modification sentence, I was on the cover of the health and fitness uh, section of the Baltimore Sun, our, our newspaper here in Baltimore for training. I was like training like a group of girls who were home from school, from the, from college on like high intensity training. And I just remember being like, God, like this is like no coincidence. The day I'm going back to court, I'm on the front page of the health and fitness section. I just felt like I had this unique gift and purpose 
that if I didn't share my story, that it was a waste and that I was helping somebody else. I mean, I, a lot of your audience, I'm sure, has kids or moms. I cannot tell you how many moms reach out to me about their kids and they're worried, you know, about, you know, mainly their, I mean, mainly their sons because they know that I can relate obviously more to a guy, but that are struggling. And I just kind of made it my life mission. And I just, and I saw, again, it goes back to confidence. I saw like taking one step was beating addiction. What's next? Well, I'm going to share my story. And then well, what's next? I'll, I'm going to write my first book. And when I wrote my first book, like I was at a book sign. I felt like so like out of, I'm like, why am I at a book? Why have a book sign? I'm like a, a local author. And people came up to me and they were like, I bought, I'm buying my, this book to send to my son who's in jail. Like I'm buying this book for my son's birthday. And I'm like, why? Like, I mean, cause I'm like the author. I'm like, I'm like, I barely graduated high school. Like, is this book like really that good? It's only like 50 pages. But I began to, to, to see how much my story was beginning to impact people. And like, even these podcasts I get on, yeah, it's cool to like, go to have conversations with people like Tom Bilyeu and Dave Hollis and all these other people I've had to have amazing conversations with. But what really drives me is the DMs and not DMs like, oh, will you coach me? It's like, no, like you inspired me to get into recovery. You inspired me to do this. Like, thank you so much for sharing. And it's therapeutic and healing. Because for me, like one of the biggest things was that was honestly like hard is I was like, well, I'm going to be a convicted felon. Like any woman who dates me, if they Google my name, former felon, former this. And I was like, I better be pretty damn like confident who I am because I need to be able to like prove myself that like I am not that person anymore and that I've changed. And the more I shared, the more healing I got from it. And the more therapeutic things became because I was now taking some scars that I had and helping to heal the wounds of other scars of people who have gone through the same thing that I went through. I love that. It's like, there's, there's power in your truth. Like we were talking about before and vulnerability, vulnerability is a pathway to connection. So it sounds like, you know, just owning your truth puts you in a position of feeling empowered, you know, about like, this is who I am and it's part of my story. And, and um, it gives other people permission to do the same. So Doug, I love this conversation. I just, again, I want to acknowledge your authenticity. Like we started it out, like you, you're just as raw and real as it gets. And I, I appreciate that. And I, I, every time we talk, we have, the best conversation. So thank you so much. And guys, if you love this episode, make sure you share it on social media, tag Doug, message him, let him know what was the biggest breakthrough that you had. And the last question, I'm, I ask everyone the same question. What are you celebrating right now? I'm celebrating me. I'm celebrating my healing journey. I'm, I'm just celebrating like kind of just being authentic and like and owning my truth and getting back to taking care of myself. Mm, I love it. Awesome. Thank you guys so much until the next episode. Don't forget to live your boldly courageous life. Bye guys. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It is truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to fully step into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes and leaving me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.